We continue our series titled, Five Questions Every Man Needs Answered. Pastor John Mark gives us four tips on how we can allow God to speak to us. Now, let's hear from John Mark. Hi, right, boys. Good to see y'all this morning. We'll invite you to reach and grab your copy of God's Word. And uh, let's turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And uh, as we continue in our series uh, entitled, Five Questions Every Man Needs to Answer. Uh, hopefully you were here last week and you heard week one, which is how can I know God's will for my life? Uh, if you missed that, you can go find that on podcast. Here, here's question number two that every guy needs to answer. And it's this question. If um, once I determine God's will for my life, how can I know when God is speaking to me and what God is saying to me? And that's important for all of us uh, that, man, God, speak to me. What do you want to say to me? What do you want me to do? Uh, and, and that's important. I, I believe here that every man in this room, you need to know whether you sense that God is speaking to you or is calling you or is talking to you. I want you to know God absolutely wants to talk to you. But there are some things that we're going to look at today that if you want to consistently hear from God, some things that we need to do to prepare that way, to pave that way, to be ready uh, to make that happen. And in Luke chapter 8, verse 8, let me just uh, read the last phrase. And here's Jesus is talking about, this is what we're going to talk about today, the parable of the soil. How many of you have at least heard about the parable of the soil? You know, the farmer went out, cast seed, some seed landed here, some seed landed there, uh, some seed really produced an amazing crop, uh, some seed uh, didn't do anything, some seed had a, had a short crop, but then it was taken away. And so as we think about what is the key to that? Notice what it says at the end of verse 8. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, earlier this year, or actually September of last year, uh, my son Jace, my oldest son Jace, got married to Taylor. Uh, but at the same time, he had bought a, 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 a half-acre piece of uh, land in East McKinney, split it up. And uh, for, their, uh, for their wedding present, uh, he was building two houses. Uh, two houses side by side. He started at the beginning of last year. Uh, they were going to move into one. He's going to sell one. They got married September the 11th, and uh, that was going to be his wedding gift to her. And the problem is the house did not get ready until January of this year. How many of you know construction? So it wasn't much of a wedding gift, but it was kind of a gift. So I just said, hey, you know, we've got a room upstairs. Y'all can move in upstairs. We were empty nesters. I said, y'all just make the upstairs your place. Well, the cool thing about Jace is uh, not only does he like to build things, he likes to break things. Uh, I learned that all of his life. Uh, but he's also pretty good with technology. So when Jace was around the house, uh, everything was good. Man, our internet was good. He had built one, got one of these Orby things. So man, wherever you went in our house, man, internet was amazing. Then he moved out and he took his Orby. Do you even know what an Orby is? I didn't even know what an Orby, Orby was, but it, it means that you can have Wi-Fi everywhere and anywhere. Well, he took his Orby. And so I pay for Spectrum. How many of you have a Spectrum internet? Because it's supposed to be the best, right? It's that cable internet, it's everything. So from the moment he leaves, I'm like, dude, can you bring your Orby back over here? And because I, I just can't, and, and you know, I'm, you've got the living room in there, my office, you just go through the kitchen and it's just this office right off the side. And I'm struggling with internet. 
And so over and over again, I, I pick up the phone and I call Spectrum. And so I, I would say, hey, you know, my internet's not working like it should. It should be faster. And I said, I look at a lot of videos. I do a lot of things. I like to shoot some videos. I like to upload videos. I've got some bigger documents. Can you help me? Well, then you always have the help center. How many of you know those kind of help centers? They are absolutely no help. Anybody know? All right. But every once in a while, they would, they would tell me to do the same thing. They would tell me to do the same thing. And in my, by the way, in my, in my office, I just have a laptop with two big screens, right? You just plug it in, you got your, you got your laptop closed. And uh, so they would take me through a process where they would unplug this, plug this back in, wait and do this. They would run their test. They would say, okay, get out your phone and, and do this speed test. Anybody ever done one of those speed tests on their phone? And, and I'm like, Man, I got incredible internet. So I'd go back to my desk and I would start working. I'd go, okay, my, they fixed it. About a month later, I'd get there and it wouldn't be working well. And I'd pick up the phone and I'd call the help center, which is no help. Uh, and I would go through the same process. And I would tell the girl, I said, listen, look in your notes. I just did this last month. And it hadn't fixed it, hadn't helped it. And this cycle goes on and on and on. And about three weeks ago, I, I finally, I'm frustrated. Anybody ever get frustrated? Because things have slowed down again. And, and I called the lady and she goes, here's what we're gonna do. I said, no, 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 here's what you're going to do. You're going to send me a technician. You're gonna send me a technician. She goes, well, let's go through this process. I said, look in your notes, I've been through that process before. I've been through that process before, it doesn't work. And so I said, I want you to send me a technician out here. I said, I'm paying a lot of money. I'm paying $100 just to be able to download your stuff, right? I, I just, just, so send me a technician. Okay, so I'll send you a technician. Technician comes out there. He walks in and he says, man, before I do anything, let me just check your speed. He goes in there, he pulls up his phone. He goes, you got great speed. And I go, well, I'm just telling you, if you walk right through that kitchen right there into my office, I've got my office right there, my computer is right there, and, and, and I have terrible internet right there. And so he walks over with his phone, and he's standing right in front of my desk. He goes, you've got great internet. And I go, no, I don't. I said, go, go pull that computer up. I said, I've done the speed test. So he sits down and he, he does the speed test. And sure enough, he goes, yeah, you don't have a lot of, lot of internet speed. I said, that's what I've been telling y'all for six months. And he goes, well, let me try something. Instead of having my laptop down, he just opens my laptop up. And all of a sudden, the internet is just as fast on my computer as it is anywhere on the house. And it just had something to do with my laptop when I close it. It does not pick up the internet as good as it used to. And he looked at me and he says, are there any other problems you have? <laughs> and I go, well, it would be a big problem. My wife is upstairs. If you could leave before she comes down. <laughs> I can tell her I fixed it and we would all be happy, right? And that literally was all it was, is that my laptop, instead of, cause I had these two big screens connected together, y'all understand what I'm talking about. Instead of my laptop being down, now if you go to my house, my laptop's up, I've got incredible internet. Here's the point. It had nothing to do with the internet being cached via Wi-Fi around my house. It was the ability and the openness 
of the receiver, my computer, to receive what was being said. And all it took was a small change. And so as we think today about the idea, last week we looked at the question, how can I know God's will? And then today, here's the question, does God want to speak to me? And the absolute answer to every man in this room is yeah. The question is, just like at my house, are you open to receive what God wants to say to you? You know, guys, there are a lot of times that because of what's going on in our lives or our relationships or whatever, that we become a closed book. How many of you, that's kind of a dude's nature, right? We, we typically as dudes, we, we don't roll around and just open up our hearts and open up our minds and share what's going on in our lives. We can gotta be closed in our relationship. I'll roll through the room. Unless something big is going on in your life, here's what I know. As I walked through and I did, did it again today, hey man, how's it going, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Isn't that kind of our response? Even though things aren't good? What do we have? We just have a tendency as men to close up. And it's one thing to do that, and I'm okay with you protecting relationships, and plus, you know, we don't want to get into a bunch of sappy conversations, right? Just good, good, good. It's okay for us to close up in those spaces and those times, but when it comes to our relationship with God, we need to do everything we can to open ourselves up for God to communicate clearly to us. And in Luke chapter 8, we're going to see Jesus give his disciples uh, and his followers some clear ideas on how we can open up to hear the Word of God. And so let me just uh, jump down and read, and, and we're going to read this passage. And um, as we read this passage, I, I want you to know, first of all, when you think about this is what is called a, a kingdom parable. When Jesus begins to tell these kingdom parables, uh, it, it's really an illustration an earthly illustration of what goes on in the spiritual realm. And so as you look at this, the farmer here who is casting the seed is gonna be God, all right? God is gonna be speaking. Uh, the seed here is the word of God. Amen. The farmer's job, God, or you and I, if we once we're saved, if we want to cast seed, uh, we're going to be casting the word of God. We're going to share with the word of God. And, and, and then the soils are the key. The farmer's the same, the seed's the same, the difference in the parable is the soil. And we're gonna see different kinds of soil. And, and that's really the way it is here today, is the only difference between what I say and what I read today is the condition of your heart. Are we closed off to the things of God or are we open up to the things of God? So let me just read this parable to you quickly, and, and many of you know it. He says, while a large, this is Jesus, he's gathered around a large crowd. He says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some, this is a little more, now remember the, the farmers just cast in the seed, some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked out the plants. Still others, listen to this, fell on good soil. It came up 
it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. What an incredible thought. It says, when he had said this, he called out those words, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, when Jesus told this illustration, I want you to know they were an agrarian society. How many of you know that? We probably don't have any farmers in the room. You might have, we might have some guys uh, that you grew up on a farm, but you understood. And so Jesus is just telling a story from their everyday life. That say, and at the end of it, he says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he goes, let the heart, let your heart be good soil. Because if I am open to what God wants to say to me, the outcome is that I will produce a crop that is a hundredfold more than the crop that was sown in me. And, and that's what we see. Uh, you know, if you've ever been around a cornfield or you've been in some other place, man, you see what little is planted to compared to the produce. It's amazing. And guys, I want you to know, just as Jesus told that illustration to his disciples, you go to Acts and you see what happened. God can do the same thing in your life. God can do the same thing in the church's life because of you. If we become men who have hearts and ears that are willing to hear and willing to receive. So Jesus, uh, knowing that he's talking to some dudes, right? So my guess is you could, Jesus could have said, got it boys, let's go. But then Jesus says, I don't want you to miss this point. So Jesus tells the story, he stops, says whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And then Jesus said, but if you don't get it, let me go ahead and explain it to you. And so let me just jump down, pick it up in verse 11. Jesus said, man, I don't want you to miss this. He says, um, this is the meaning of the parable. He says, the seed is the word of God. He explains it. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, hear the word of God. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. He goes, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they ultimately have no root. In other words, man, they receive it with joy. There's even joy involved, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but then what happens in testing times or times of testing, they ultimately end up falling away. Here's next verse 14. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Look at verse 13. He says, but the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, listen to these words, retain it, by persevering, then they produce a crop. So as we come today to uh, looking at this passage and taking it and apply it to our life, is question number two that every dude uh, needs to answer, does God want to speak to me today? The answer is absolutely. But let's don't get bogged down uh, in this passage uh, by um, you know, the, the old seminary ideas. Okay, now which one of these were saved? Uh, which one of the, was the first group? Okay, they weren't saved. That's not the point of this story. The point of this story is the condition of the heart. 
the condition of the soil. That what is my heart like? Guys, our main focus today is not on them, it's on us. How many of us understand that? That God is wanting to speak to every dude in this room because he's got a task for you to do. So there is a theological question of, okay, was the first group saved? No, they weren't saved. Was the second group, the, the, the third group, did they ever really get saved or they just get close? Did they enter into the promised land or not? That's not the point. The whole point is exactly what Jesus said. He said this, but the seed in the good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, hold on to the word, and by persevering, now notice there's still some hard testing, difficult times, produce a crop. I, I think what Jesus is saying for us today is the best stuff's gonna happen from the men in this room, from the men in this church, from the men in this city, from the men in this community who are gonna say, my heart is right, I'm gonna take God's word, I'm gonna hold on to it, and I'm gonna persevere regardless of what comes my way, and ultimately I'm gonna allow God to produce a crop through me. If you just pause for a minute and reflect back on your last month, last six months, last year, last couple of years, what kind of spiritual crop has God produced through you? What kind of spiritual crop has God produced through you? Now, I want you to know before God can produce a crop through you, how many of us understand this? He's got to produce a crop in us, right? It starts with me. Am I willing to let God do a work in my heart? to get some of the thorns out of my life, some of the weeds out of my life, some of, the, some of those things that are, are, are selfish out of my life. Am I willing to let God produce a crop in me? When I let God produce a crop in me, then God can produce a crop through me. And so as we step back today, guys, examine your heart. Have you been the kind of guy that, man, if you heard a message, regardless of who it preaches, whether it's Justin or Justin or Scott or, or whoever, Bo, uh, have you heard those messages and thought, man, that was good stuff, and then left here and done nothing with it? Or left here and immediately got drawn off sides by Satan, where Satan just throws something your way? And then you come back to church or come back and say, you know, I was going to do this and I was going to do that. Man, if not, today's your day. Because whatever the condition of your heart is, I want you to know God is speaking to your heart today. God wants to produce an incredible crop in you. And after he's produced that crop in you, he wants to produce a crop through you. So let's just look at these soils kind of quickly, and, and, and this is really a, a measure of hope. Whatever you've been through, guys, wherever you've done, God wants to use you. So let me give you four ideas, and I'm just going to take it. I want to give you four steps, four ideas on how you can let God speak to you. If God wants to speak to you, let me give you four thoughts, and I'll just pull them straight from the passage. Thought number one is cultivate a soft heart towards God, a receptive heart towards God. And, and, and we're going to see this here in a second when we read it, but that means every time you walk into God's house, every time you open up a devotion, every time you, you, you hear Greg and Jana lead us in worship, 
Every time you hear me preach or Bo preach or Justin or Justin, whoever it is, my prayer is that you would just pause in that moment and say, God, what do you want to say to me to produce a crop in me so that after you produce the crop in me, you can produce a crop through me? And so here it is, uh, cultivate a receptive heart. That means when you walk in and sit down, man, just in your mind, maybe write it in your notes, put it at the top of your uh, iPad, whatever it is, that you would say, God, what do you want to say to me through this message? And I will promise you, even if I'm preaching, God wants to speak to you. Can I tell you that your heart is under your control to be receptive to what God's saying. You say, where do you see that? Go to verse five. Uh, here's the parable. All right. And I love what Jesus does. Here's the parable. And then he's going to give us the meaning. Verse five. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. What does that mean? The hard, we understand what that means. The hard beaten down path, almost like in those days, you can imagine uh, we've been through, finally we broke out of a drought a little bit. How many of you know that? that? That means we're now having floods. That's just the way we do things here in Texas, right? But the hard path, man, anybody have some hard ground around there? We went out and played golf with some guys in here. Uh, some of the guys in here literally the ground was so hard a couple of weeks ago, we couldn't get our tea to go in the ground. It was that hard. We had to move from, you know, those plastic rubber tees. We had to move back to wooden tees because the ground was so hard. Guys, we don't ever want to let our hearts be that hard. Now jump down to verse 12. He said, those, this is the explanation that Jesus gives. He says, those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So what does that mean? As we think in general, if you are already a believer, if you're already a believer, when I preach or when I pray or when I offer the gospel, uh, you're not, your job is not to get saved over and over again, but it is your call to receive the message so that you can ultimately produce a crop. Don't come in here with hardened hearts and hardened minds. Man, prep your heart, prep your mind that regardless of what has happened all week, that I want to be a guy that cultivates a soft heart to the things of God. And as I thought, what makes our hearts hard? Here are a couple of things. I was just, I just began to make a list saying, I, I think sometimes when we walk into God's house, and we've got this secret sin that is just, it's in our heart, it's in our lives. Or maybe it's not a secret sin, maybe it's a public sin. Maybe, maybe it's a hard sin, it's a, it's a difficult sin, whether it's public or private. I, I think sometimes we understand when we come into God's house, whether it's Tuesday morning or Saturday night or Sunday morning, when we come into God's house, we know in our minds the first thing I need to do is confess my sins and ask for God's grace and forgiveness. But if we don't, that creates a hardness of heart. So guys, if you have a sin in your life that you aren't confessing and asking for God's grace and forgiveness, and here's the beautiful thought. You say, Pastor, I've already asked for that uh, forgiveness over and over again, and I keep doing it. You say, can he still forgive me? I, I love what John said in 1 John. He said, man, 
If we are simply faithful to confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Guys, the beautiful thing is I don't mediate God's grace to your life. He's already promised forgiveness and grace. So one of the things I believe that really for men causes us not to have a soft, sensitive, and open heart to God is some secret sin in our life. Confess it and deal with it. I, I think another, I think sometimes pride. You know, let me tell you what, God created us as men and dudes. He created us that way. But he didn't create us to be prideful and arrogant. How many of us understand that? And, and sometimes we as men can show up into God's house and God's place, and we want to pretend we got it all together. We want to pretend that, man, you know, some people really need to hear this message. Some other people. And I think sometimes pride can cause us to have hard hearts and defensive hearts and not receive well what God wants us to do. Because guess what? Sometimes when God speaks to us and a sin has led to a pride, we know the only real response for that message that God has delivered that day, regardless of who is, through, who is through, we realize the only right response is perhaps for me to go look in my bride's eyes and ask for her forgiveness. And we don't. How many of you have been in a, a message or a sermon? I've been there. Where all of a sudden somebody delivered a message and I knew yeah, I need to tell Gina I'm sorry for that. And I don't. Am I the only guy? That's called pride. And what happens is God's word can't do an amazing work in my life. I, I think there's another reason we get hard hearts. I think bitterness. Man, let me tell you what, guys. Um, we live in a world, you know this. We live in a world... World will kick dust in your face. Anybody have that happen to you? And you can get angry and bitter. And from time to time, you can look at some other dude and you go, they're just kind of lucky. And I think there are times that we can feel like, man, someone else passes us by or I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And so, guys, when we think about the idea of he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If we want to have soft hearts... If there is a secret sin in your life, man, confess it because God will forgive you. If pride keeps you from humbling yourselves under the mighty hand of God, man, I want to tell you, get rid of the pride and let God use you. Let his word settle in the good soil of your heart. If there are things in your past that have caused you to be bitter today, then I'm gonna encourage you to deal with that because man, we can have soft hearts that God can really produce a crop in. If we've got this bitterness from the past or that we're just dragging in today. So thought number one, if you and I are gonna hear God speak to us today, cultivate a receptive heart, 
of good soil for God's work. Here's thought number two, and we see it, pick it up in verse six, develop deep roots. Once the word is delivered here today, man, once, once I've shared with you today what, what I'm going to share or go back to Sunday or whatever your daily devotion is, man, we need to learn to develop deep roots. Look at what it says in verse six. It says some of the seed, the seed talking about the word of God, fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So, so what does that mean? All right, it actually produced a little bit, but it didn't have any depth. It didn't have any deep roots. It didn't have ongoing moisture. There just wasn't enough. I mean, we think about where we've been in our, uh, uh, in, in, in Texas here, North Texas, the last couple of uh, months now. Man, if you weren't a plant with deep roots, you died, right? Anybody have that in your, you better have deep roots, whether you're a tree, whether you're a flower, whatever, or you're not going to make it. It is too hard. That's what he's saying. The same analogy. He says, for you and I to leave here today, after the seed has been planted in your heart, and hopefully you've been challenged today, that you've got to figure out, I love what it says, no moisture. How many of you have a sprinkler system at your house? How many of you have it set on regular intervals? Okay, either half of y'all know I'm setting you up or you have not, you just finally turned your sprinkler system off, right? But what do you, why do you put it on a regular interval? Because you know your, your foundation needs it, your trees need it, your flowers need it. Man, you just set it and go. Can I tell you this, guys? We need to have regular intervals in our life of feeding on God's word and nourishing God's word and providing moisture to the seed that was planted in our life. What is your regular interval? Sunday morning's awesome. Tuesday is awesome. But can I also tell you, what about Monday? What about Wednesday? What about Thursday? What about Friday? What about Saturday? Do you have regular intervals that you're just going to remind yourself or be reminded uh, through God's word that I need to feed my spiritual heart, to keep it soft, to not let it get too hard? I, I, I want to make sure that that happens. Now, here's the interpretation. Jump down, verse 13. Jesus said, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word. Now listen to this, with joy. I see the joy in your faces right now. Y'all are fired up. But notice what it says. Yeah, at least you got a smile out of you. <laughs> receive the word with joy when they hear it. And then it says, but then they have no root. They believe for a while but in time of testing, they fall away. As you think about that verse 13 and, and not going into the deep theological elements, um, how many times have you sat there and go, man, that's right. I need to do that. And you don't do it in church. Anybody ever heard a sermon like that? Uh, man, boy, nailed it, nailed me. Man, I've, I, and I need to go do this. And you go, I, mean, I can't wait. Um, and then nothing. I can tell you one of the most discouraging things as, as a pastor is I'll, I'll meet somebody somewhere and, and they'll talk to me and then they'll come to church and, and they'll say, man, this is, this is where I need to be. I need to be here every Sunday. I need to be here every Tuesday. I need to be, man, and you just, you can see it in their eyes. They are not lying. And this is where I am not throwing anyone under the bus. They are not lying. 
in that moment, in that season, you know, you, you, maybe you've been there. When they look in your eyes and they go, this is what I needed this morning. I need to be in God's house with God's people, singing God's worship song, hearing God's word. He goes, I can't wait to see you next Sunday. And then next Sunday goes, nothing. Then the next Sunday goes, nothing. Then the next Sunday goes, nothing. What is he saying? There can be those seasons in our life where we have those moments of joy. But we haven't fed it then on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And all of a sudden it goes away. What causes it to go away? Times of testing. Man, when we leave here today, the world is hard. Man, think about that. What, some, one guy's fixing to go back to Chicago, right? Think how hard that is. He's up. By the way, he's got to go catch a plane. So I was picking on him. You know, as you think through, guys, you leave here today, there are going to be some times of testing. So thought number one, cultivate a heart that is receptive to God's word. Develop deep roots. How do you do that? An ongoing daily Bible study. Man, feed yourself. Here's number three. Eliminate distractions from your life. Eliminate the distractions from your life. You say, Pastor, we see that. Look at verse seven. It says, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants out. What else is it in your life that grows up next to your spiritual commitment and chokes out your spiritual commitment? Jesus gives us some clear ideas. Look, jump down to verse 14. This is his explanation. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. That's verse 14. Jesus actually gives them an idea. Let me ask you a question. When you leave this door here in a few seconds, and it's not going to be long, what worries await you? that will choke out the word that you heard today. Number two, what riches, what debts or things will replace your ongoing commitment to God? Or number three, Jesus says, what pleasures have a tendency to cut in front of your path on your way to God's altar every day. So as we think about it, we have to do everything we can to develop a heart. Guys, don't let your worries, don't let your riches, don't let pleasures keep your spiritual life from producing incredible fruit. And here's number four. I must open my heart to what God wants to say to me. Say, where do you see that in verse 8? It says, still other seed. Remember, same farmer, same seed, different soil. Same farmer, same seed, different soil. Verse 8. He says, still others fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop. Listen to this. A hundred times more than was sown. How many of you, just be honest, guys, how many of you would love 
to yield a hundredfold crop, not for yourself, not just for your family, but for God. I want you to know I do. I do. You say, well, what, well how, how does that happen? Jump down to verse 15. He says, but that seed fell on good soil and it stands for those with a noble and a good heart. Listen to this who retain and hear the word of God and retain it. In other words, that word retain is hold on to it. I'm gonna provide moisture, I'm gonna have an open heart. I'm not gonna let worries and pleasures and debt and difficulty uh, harden my heart, but I'm a noble and good heart. I'm gonna retain it, listen to this, and I still have to persevere. Here's the interesting thing, to produce a crop. It doesn't say the person that produces a crop is the one that doesn't go through trials. Look right there, perseveres through everything to produce a crop. So guys, don't sit here if you've got a sin in your life or bitterness in your life or anger in your life or, or, or this happens in your life. Don't sit here and say, well, if I didn't have all these problems, I could produce a crop. No, right here he says, man, you just have an open heart, retain the word, and God will use you to produce an incredible crop. Guys, can I just tell you this? When I think of the great tragedy of the church and the great tragedy perhaps even of our church, if there is one, it's the untapped potential of dudes in our church. That's a tragedy. It's the untapped potential of men in our church who have so many skills and so many gifts and so many this and so many that, who are willing, who would be saying, God, use me to produce an incredible crop. Untapped potential. Dave, could you use some men in your area? Yeah, come on, man. I love it. Justin, could you use some men in your areas? Yes, sir. Yeah. Greatest tragedy of all, untapped potential. How about today we say, not at Cottonwood Creek? How about more importantly, you say, not in my life? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for the opportunity to hang out with these guys. I pray that we would leave here today, the guys that, that say, man, I've got to be honest, I've had a hard heart, or I've, I've had thorns and worries in my life. God, I just haven't, the seeds that have been planted, I haven't, I haven't fed well, I haven't uh, cultivated well. God, this would be the day that we'd become the kind of men that say we're going to have good hearts, not perfect hearts. We're going to have good, good hearts. We're going to receive the seed, the word of God. We're going to allow it to grow and we're going to produce a crop a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to more episodes of Men's Bible Study.